0: each folks here glad you folks are here welcome we're glad to see you and it's good to see each one that's joining us online Uh, as i said there may be some that's joining us from other churches and we just want you to know we appreciate your partnership with your pastor and with your churches and so we're glad that you get to worship with us today those who may be joining us from other churches also if you're listening online and you don't have you if you do not have a church home we uh, invite you to so reach out to us, uh, send us an email, reach out and contact us. We'd love to share more about the church, love to get to know you. I received a text from uh, a lady this morning just saying how much she appreciated uh, the live stream. She wasn't able to be here and that she enjoyed getting to be part of the live stream. Live stream, And she was so thankful for our tech team. And so really cool today. Josh is not up there. He is at home doing all of this, making it uh, available. And so it's so cool, and we appreciate him and his team and uh, just their ministry and making this available we can still connect together. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. If you'll find your Bible, in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be reading verse 11 through verse 16. Our theme for 2022 is we are family. And so we've talked about what it means to be a family. And so we, we introduced the sign language. So if you missed a couple of weeks ago, here's the sign language. You can do it with your kids there in the living room or those here in the sanctuary. So family is this. So we are a family. And so thinking about a family, uh, we, we gather together. We, we gather around a table together. We serve together. We, we live together. We're on journey together. And so family, that's what we are. One of the things you'll be hearing more of next week is that how we are a family. We believe together, we belong together, and we're better together. So think about how we're working together. So being a family, the last few weeks we've been talking about our purpose statement. What is our purpose as a church? And so behind us is our purpose statement. So connect to Jesus, to Grow as his follower and serve others in his name. Two weeks ago, when Wes was ordained, we talked about serving others in his name. We talked about being a servant. Uh, We learned the sign language for serve, so you can learn something else today. So serve, that means to serve. You're, You're being there to serve one another. You're serving the community. You're serving the Lord. And so we're to serve one another. Next week, we'll be talking about connecting to Jesus. As we celebrate our anniversary, we will talk about our purpose statement. The first statement is to connect to Jesus. And so we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about what it means to connect to Jesus, what it means to connect to one another. And so that's what we'll be talking about next Sunday as we gather together. Today, we're talking about grow, grow as his followers. So we've learned family. We've learned serve. Now, grow is you take your left hand and you take your right hand and you just do this, okay? That means to grow, something coming up out of the ground. So you guys that are here, let's try that together, all right? We're going to just do grow. So it's, it's coming up out of the ground. And so we're thinking about growing. Uh, we're thinking about how we grow as a follower of Christ. And so we, we think about the importance of growing. God never changes. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus never changes. He, he is consistent. He never changes. But God is a God of change. We look at the seasons. Today, it's winter. We, we've got ice. We, we've got cold. All of us are looking forward to spring right? We're all looking forward to spring. We're looking forward to that change that will take place. We're looking forward to, to maybe the temperature rising today and the change that comes. We, we see change. We, we see how the seasons change, spring, summer, fall, winter. We see how creation changes, the leaves change, things change. And the same thing with us is his creation. When we, are, when we become a follower of Christ, he desires for us to grow, he wants us to change. It's a fluid a fluid relationship in the sense that we're changing. He orchestrates change in our life. He doesn't want us to stay the same. When we become a believer, we're not done. It's just the beginning of growing in our faith. And the passage today is such an important passage talking about the purpose of the church is for us to grow as his followers. And so we're encouraged with the Scripture today as we read. Let me just mention here at the church, there's several things that we're doing to put an emphasis on the Word of God. And that's how we grow. We're going to see today it's the Word of God that's how we grow as His followers, spending time in the Word of God. We've encouraged you to pick up one of the daily Bible readings we've got out here throughout the year. You can read through the New Testament, the F-260 reading plan, or you can read chronologically. And so reading daily in the Word of God. We have some other opportunities for you. As a church, we have, we've invested in what's called Right Now Media. If you're, not a, if you're not a part of that, if you're not familiar with that, you can go to our website. And we have access for all of our members. You can have a membership there and at Right Now Media. You go on there and you sign up and you register through the church, and you have tools to help you grow. There's Bible studies on there. There's videos for your kids. There's opportunities for you to study God's Word. And so that's a great resource for you. Also, Sunday school. So on Sundays when we gather at 8.30 and 10.30, we're here in the sanctuary, and I'm teaching a big group anywhere from birth to 100-year-old you know and i'm sharing the word of god here in these big groups but then at 9:30 between our two, two between our two worship services we have bible study that's sunday school and so we break off into small groups and those groups are people that you have something in common with it's something that you're on journey with maybe it's age related maybe it's the season of life you're in but you're together and you're studying god's word we do what's called explore the bible It's literature that takes you through scripture. And so Sunday school is a great way for you to grow as his follower. And then on Wednesday nights, we gather together and we study. We're in Revelation right now. This spring, we'll have some different break-off groups that you'll be able to be part of small groups. I'm hopeful that Jen and I will be able to do another parenting class and another marriage class. And you'll have opportunities for different classes. And so Wednesday nights, when we gather together, our kids are studying scripture, our young people are studying scripture, the adults are studying scripture on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, senior adults are studying scripture. And then we have our D groups, D groups, that stands for discipleship. And so that's where we get into smaller groups. I'm supposed to start tomorrow night a new D group. There'll be five of us, five men, and we're going to be studying scripture together. And that's what D groups are. It's small groups throughout the week who will meet on campus or in homes or at their work and they'll study scripture together. And so if you're interested in a D group or maybe leading a D group, see Nathan. He's our discipleship pastor and he'll be glad to give you more information about how you can connect and be part of that. And so we're thinking about growing as his follower. And some examples in our church, some folks I just want to recognize, Mike Smith and Dave White, they've been going through seminary extension. So they've been several semesters. They would give three or four hours on Mondays, teaching of pastors in the church. And they have earned their diploma in biblical studies. And so we're proud of those men. They've worked hard. They're growing as ministers and taking more of these classes to grow in their faith. And then we have Patrick, our family pastor. He is working to finish his Masters of Divinity. So pray for him, and he's working hard to finish that. And then we got Nathan Lawson, who is working on his doctorate uh, in discipleship. And so we have these guys who are examples of extending and growing as followers. So we're going to dive into Scripture now and talk about... Growing as his follower. What does it mean to grow as his follower? This is important, and I just want those who are at home and those in the sanctuary to know this is such an important passage. And I, I've been convicted over this passage. I've been convicted of my role uh, as your pastor, and just the importance of of teaching, and uh, just really been challenged for myself. And so. We're going to read verse 11 down through verse 16, and then we'll pray. And as we pray, remember Robin Lalonde. She has surgery tomorrow, so pray for her as she'll be having surgery as well as so many others that are sick. You know, sometimes God protects us from ourselves. Uh, we got a lot of folks who are sick. It's probably a good thing that we weren't all together today. It gives us a whole other week to kind of all of us get better. And so sometimes God pauses. And helps us get better, but we can still be together. So verse 11 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. He's been talking about up in verse 7. He says, each of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Every believer has a spiritual gift. Everybody in this sanctuary, as a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a gift. A spiritual gift. If you're listening online, you have a spiritual gift. If you're a follower of Christ, it's been given to you at your birth. When you were born again, you received a spiritual gift. And then he talks about on down here in verse 11, Jesus also gave some gifted people to the church, people who have responsibility. Verse 11, and he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles and some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. It seems to combine that together, pastors and teachers, not two separate. And so why did he give these people? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Two things there, equipping and edifying. We'll talk about that. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Talking about growing. Talking about growing as followers of Christ. That's the purpose of the church. Is that the people of God will grow. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftness of deceitful plotting. But... Speaking the truth in love. For almost 16 years, that has been our focus verse. That has been our target. That has been our focus as a church. We want to speak the truth in love. And so here's where that comes from. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. There's that understanding we're to be growing, we're, we're not to stay stagnant, but we're to be learning and growing. May grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. Notice we're growing up into Him. Growth cannot happen apart from Jesus. Growth of the church cannot happen apart from Jesus and growth as individuals. We can't grow apart from Jesus. We grow up in all things into Him who was the head Christ. From whom the whole body, the body of Christ, this local body... Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. If you underline in your Bible, there's a great little phrase there. Every part does its share. That's interesting. For the body of Christ to accomplish the purpose of reaching and making disciples... Every part needs to do its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Lord, we have gathered online and in person to worship you. We desire to be drawn closer to you. Lord, I heard a song yesterday Uh, talking about how unworthy we are for your love, that we do not deserve your love. Your love is amazing, we sang about. God is so good. We saw in the video how the faith that we have was planted in our hearts by you, and it's to grow, and then it's to spread into our community and into the world. So that others would be drawn to you. Lord, thank you for the love you have for us. Thank you for calling us, for initiating in our hearts a working of the gospel. And Lord, we thank you as followers of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your death on the cross and for your resurrection. We thank you for calling us not just to salvation, but beyond that. And to following you and serving you. And to be used of you to make a difference and to make disciples. Lord, speak to us today. Challenge us. Lord, you have spoken to my life. And you have convicted me and challenged me of the importance of teaching. Of teaching, of equipping, of edifying, building up the body. Lord, that my focus would be on what you've called me to be, a shepherd to feed these people, your people. So Lord, may we all come under conviction today of the desire for your word and to grow in our faith and to grow to become into the fullness of you. So teach us today. And Lord, I just imagine what it would be like if we all, as we're going to be challenged today, was grounded in truth, and spiritually mature. There's no limit to what you could do through a group of believers who are grounded and who are mature in their faith. Lord, thank you for what you're going to teach us today. If there's any listening that doesn't know you, we pray you will draw them to you and they will be saved today. Speak to us, encourage us, challenge us, convict us. Lord, we pray for Robin as she has surgery tomorrow. We pray you would guide the surgeon's hand. We pray for these who've had deaths that you would minister to the families. We pray, Lord, for those who will be working out in the storm. Lord, for our first responders, we pray you would keep them safe. Thank you that they protect and serve us. Lord, for those who will be restoring power, who will be clearing the roads, Lord, keep them safe. Lord, for all of our medical folks, Lord, watch over them during this pandemic and all the sickness. And Lord, those who are sick, families who are dealing with COVID-related issues, Lord, may you bring healing. Lord, we pray for our missionaries, evangelists who have been sent out. Thank you for each of them. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing and those who are in the military. We pray a blessing upon them. Lord, all of our teachers and students, administrators, bless them. Lord, we pray for those who are lost that you would draw them to you. And Lord, now we ask you to be our teacher. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to talk for our time together about four things in this passage as we think about growing as his follower. There in verse 11, he introduces us to these roles in the church. He introduces apostles and prophets. We think of apostles, uh, by definition, that would have been men who had walked with Jesus, who had saw the resurrected Christ. So these were men who actually saw Christ. And so think about the first church. Think about the first century as the church was birthed and the church was beginning, the importance ...of having these men of authority, these men that could speak saying, we walked with Jesus, we saw him alive. And think about the importance for the early church, for the role of these men, uh, their role of saying, here's a word of authority. Think about the credibility it brought to the early church. Think about how much the enemy must have came against the early church trying to defeat the birth of the church. And so the importance of the apostles, men who had walked with Jesus and saw him resurrected, they had an important role in the early church. And then we think about prophets. Uh, Before the New Testament, before we had the canon here of these 66 books, there were those who would speak and they would speak revelation from God. We know what an Old Testament prophet would do. He would speak on behalf of God to the people and he would represent God and he would give a revelation. And so we think about in the first century, there was those before we had the canon. By the end of the first century, they were those who were speaking the revelation of God, the things that Jesus had said. And so then we come along to evangelists and pastors and teachers. In the church today, we have evangelists we have those who are given a gift about sharing the gospel. Now, this doesn't mean that unless we have the gift of evangelism, we're not to share the gospel. We know that we're all to share the gospel. We're all to be evangelists. Paul said to Timothy, "Do the work of an evangelist." So all of us are to share the gospel. There are but there are those who have been given a gift by God about sharing the gospel and seeing people come to know Christ. We, we've seen through the years, men like a Billy Graham had this gift of evangelism where, where thousands would come to know Christ, this gift. We also can think about missionaries. We have folks in our church who have a gift about being sent. Uh, there's a young lady in our church who she is, is working with IMB about going to be a missionary. How exciting that is to think about missionaries being sent to go forth and to take the gospel. And so we think of evangelists. And in it, it talks about pastors and teachers. The word there is shepherd. I love that thought. If, if we've got some pastors listening online, you're called to be a shepherd. I'm called to be a shepherd, to watch over his flock. It's not your flock. It's not my flock. This is God's flock. And he calls, he gives to the church men to be pastor teachers. That means we're to feed. When he said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. Then what did he say to him? Feed my sheep. And so those who are called pastors and teachers, they're to feed the sheep, they're to lead the sheep, they're to care for the sheep. And so the first thing I want us to see is that Jesus gives us teachers. As we're thinking about growing as followers, one of the ways that we grow is that Jesus gives us teachers. He gives us people who are to teach us the Word of God. Uh, in this passage, notice what the teacher is to do in verse 12. The pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And edify the body of Christ to equip this understanding of putting things right. Uh, it, was a, it was a word and, and, uh, that was used in, a, in the verb form more of like mending nets or, or setting right a bone that's broke. And so the pastor teacher is placed in the church to help set things right, to teach you The truth of God's word. That's his responsibility. We're accountable to putting things right. To teach and to equip. So lots of times in the church you think, okay, we pay the preacher so he does the ministry. But that's not God's pattern for the church. God's pattern for the church is I'm giving you these men as pastors... And they're to equip you, they're to teach you, they're to prepare you, to give you the tools you need for you to do the ministry, the work of the ministry. And so the job of the pastor is to equip you, the people of God, the flock of God, to do the ministry. And so what came of this for me is there was a conviction that I need to be pouring more into you, equipping and edifying, instead of me doing the, a lot of the ministry, I should be pouring more into you, equipping you and teaching you. Because the word edifying here, to edify means to build up, to strengthen. And so here's the thing. When the body, if the body of Christ is mature in truth then the work of the ministry is going to be done and disciples are going to be made and lives are going to be changed because the body does it and so my responsibility is to be teaching look in second uh, timothy chapter 3 we'll go back to second timothy again but in chapter 3 look at verse 16 and 17 i, I have this ring I wear when I preach. It's about the only time I wear it. My wife, Jen, got it for me when I graduated seminary. She knew what a challenge it was for me to get through seminary. Uh, It took me, I started back when we went to Sanford, when I first left New Victory, and I went for a year, and then we came back and co-pastored with my dad, and then I went back to seminary. It took me like you know, ten years. I went to Southwestern right out of college and then started pastoring and quit. And then it took me a long time to get my Mdiv, and it was very challenging. And so this ring's important to me uh because Jen bought it for me. And so but on this ring it has Second Timothy on the side of it, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And here's what these verses say. All Scripture, New Testament, Old Testament, all 66 books, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The passage in Ephesians talks about us being made mature, Uh, being in fullness, complete. And here it reminds us it's the scripture that gets us to that place. And so a pastor teacher is to feed the people of God the word of God and the importance. And I I was just this week thinking about it just under conviction. So I've had almost 16 years of pouring into you. Now, all of you haven't been here 16 years, but a lot of you have been here all 16 of my years. And so for 16 years, I've had the opportunity to preach to you and to pour truth into you. And I got to just being convicted on that. I've got to recommit and focus that this has to be a priority. The importance of pouring into you the truth, pouring into you the word of God. This is a priority. You know... When the the deacons there in Acts was chosen, those seven men, the apostle says, Okay, we need you to do this work so that we can do what? Prayer and Bible study. And so I am convicted that that's got to be my focus more, is that I've got to do what the scripture says and equip you for the work of the ministry. And my biggest responsibility is that I'm pouring into you the word of God. That it's my responsibility to equip and to edify you, getting you ready. And so to do the ministry. So I think it was Chuck Smith said this. He said, when a body is healthy, then evangelism is going to be the byproduct of that. When the body is healthy, and we're going to see in a minute, grounded in truth and spiritually mature, then evangelism, people being saved, is going to be a byproduct of the people of God being grounded in the Word of God. And so thinking about teachers, Jesus gives us teachers to help us grow, not just pastors, Many here in this room today and listening online, you're given a gift to teach. You teach a Sunday school class. You teach children. You teach youth. You teach a women's class. You teach. You have a gift to teach. And you have a responsibility to pour the truth into people's lives. And so when we think about verse 15, he says, speak the truth in love. Here's what I want you to know. As long as I'm your pastor... Because I love you. And after 16 years, you should know that I love you. You are, Jen and I love you. You are our family. You're the flock of God that God has put us here. And we love you. And because we love you, then I'm recommitting to say to you, I will always try to speak truth. I will speak truth because I love you. And so I want you to know that moving forward. Jesus gives us teachers. Second of all, Jesus grounds us on truth. Look at verse 13 and 14. He grounds us on truth. He talks about in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Thinking about unity. Thinking about what, what do we have in common? What makes us a family? Faith. What brings us together? What we believe. We believe together. We belong together. We're better together. And so thinking about unity of the faith. Also thinking about when we're in unity. And when we're grounded in our faith. Then also the unity of the faith that we go forth Together, And we'll talk about that in a minute. And so unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, we'll talk about that in a minute. To a perfect man growing up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he says you need to to be grounded in the Word of God. Because verse 14 says those who aren't grounded, he says, You can be tossed to and fro like a child, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. God is saying here, this is important, he says you need to be grounded in the word of God. You need to have the right foundation and be grounded in the word of God because those who are followers of Christ who are not grounded in the truth will be easily led astray. The enemy, the, the, the wording here is almost like gambling, like dice trickery and cunning and deceitfulness and he will lie and he will deceive and he will try to get you not being grounded in sound doctrine. That's why I'm telling you I am recommitting for as long as I'm your pastor we're going to get back to some basics and we're going to spend our time when we're together in the word of God and the truth and we need to be grounded. You know I think about I've had some of these young people for 16 years. And I ask myself, are they grounded in the word? Uh, Have they been grounded? I know it's not all on me. It's on the parents too. And it's on the church. I know that. But it's my responsibility as pastor. How grounded are these young people? And I just want to say to our young people, my heart's desire and my commitment to you is that I'm going to do everything I can And Patrick's right there with me that we're going to do everything we can that you'll be grounded in truth. That you'll be grounded in the word of God. And so you won't be as a child. You won't be tossed to and fro like a storm carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of the enemy. That you'll be grounded in God's word. Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look what Paul says to Timothy in chapter 4, the first five verses. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. Did you hear what he was saying? Preach the word, do teaching, be patient, convince, rebuke, exhort. There's coming a time when they're not gonna hear truth, they're gonna turn their ears away from the truth. Church, we are in that time. We are in that time when many who name the name of Jesus are being led astray to to follow after false teaching. And they're getting away from sound doctrine. And so we want our young people to be grounded in the truth. Listen to what Vance Havner said. He says this, If we preach the whole counsel of God, we will be accused of extremism. Not only by the world, but also by a professing church that cannot endure sound doctrine. The enemy does not want you to be grounded in truth. Think about in our world today. I mean just in, in 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 so many ways believers are just being drawn away from sound doctrine. The importance of the Word of God. I think about in our society, I think about there are those who name the name of Jesus who think it's okay to live together before they get married. They think it's, there are those in our world today who think it's okay that homosexuality is okay. And it's okay and it's to be accepted and there's nothing wrong with it. And so there's this temptation this working of the enemy to try to get you away from a a sound doctrine, to be grounded in the truth. And so young people, hear me. This is the word of God. This is truth. And God has spoken. And God has spoken about all the areas of your life. And we need to be grounded in the truth. Grounded on the truth of God's word. And that means you too, moms and dads and grandparents we're not to be swayed and, and to be led astray just because of what society says or what's popular. We need to speak truth and love and not be as a child tossed to and fro and the importance of you hearing sound doctrine. And so being grounded in the truth and the importance of sound doctrine. And I recommit to you as your pastor that I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure you are grounded in truth and will not be swayed by society, and it's going to get harder. And we're going to be in the minority less and less and less, but that's who we're called to be. Amen? That's who we're called to be. And so we're going to be grounded in the faith. Third thing is, is that we're going to grow. Jesus grows us in truth. Not only should we be grounded in truth, but we're to grow in truth. That is what it says in verse 15, speaking the truth. Verse 13, knowledge of the Son of God, to grow to a perfect man, measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're to speak truth and love. We may grow up in all things to him who is the head. Once we're grounded, then we're to grow. Think about your life. However long you've been a believer... Just take a moment and reflect on your journey. You you see those moments on your journey when you were growing, when you were in the Word, when you were desiring God's Word and you were growing. And There's other times in that journey when you weren't growing, when you got plateaued, when you got stagnant. Here's what I want to encourage you. Looking back can be helpful, but this is a brand new day. This is a new day. This is a new opportunity to say, I desire to grow in my faith. I desire to mature. We want to be grounded in truth. And then we want to be spiritually mature to grow in our faith. Just imagine that we had a church full of of moms and dads and single adults and senior adults and young people who were grounded in the truth and who were spiritually mature who didn 't worry about their personal preferences or didn 't worry about this or didn 't worry about that, and were spiritually mature and God would take that group of people and make disciples and make a, a difference in our world if we were growing and maturing in our faith and that's the desire that we all should have is that we grow look in Philippians chapter 3 that's just one book over from Ephesians Philippians chapter 3 talking about knowing Jesus the knowledge of Jesus Paul talks about this in chapter 3 of Philippians Verse 8 through 10. yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. In Ephesians, he's talking about knowledge of the Son of God, growing in our knowledge to know Jesus. Let each of us today recommit to desire to want to grow in our faith, grow in truth. Spend time, commit in prayer and in reading God's Word, daily being God's Word. Get into a small group, whether it's a Sunday school class, Wednesday night, D group. Get into a group of people who are studying God's Word and commit that I'm going to grow in my faith. So we grow as we spend time in the Word. We grow through prayer. We grow through the witness of teachers that God has put into our life. And then one last thing is we grow through suffering. One of the things that happens in our life is growth comes when difficulties come in our life, when sufferings come, when trials come. Uh, James talks about it. Let me read you one verse in James chapter 1. Listen to what he says in James 1, 2 through 4. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's a philosopher named Yoda who said it this way. The greatest teacher, failure is. The greatest teacher, failure is. We learn so much from our failure. We learn so much from our suffering. We learn so much from the struggles in our life and it helps us to grow. Jesus grows us in truth. And then the last thing, going back to Ephesians, is Jesus commissions us to go with truth. Verse 15, it says, Speaking the truth in love. Once again, in verse 16, we see that evangelism is a byproduct of a group of people in a local body who are grounded in truth and who are spiritually mature, who are growing in their faith. And then evangelism is a byproduct of that. Look at verse 16. The whole body is brought together by the head. That's Jesus. And he joins us together and he knits us together. We'll talk about that next Sunday about we're connected. We belong together. We've been put together by God. And that every joint supplies. Everybody's doing their part. We're all contributing. We're all giving. We're all working. And he says, according to the effective working of which every part does its share. If you're a member of this church, you have a gift. God has given you a spiritual gift. And this says, When every part does its share, it causes growth of the body for the edifying, the building up of itself in love. When every part does its share, the body grows New people are one to the Lord. We're making disciples. We're growing in love. We're growing spiritually. We're growing numerically. We're growing closer to the Lord and to one another when every part does its share. In 2020, let me encourage you that in 2020, we need every part doing their share. You who are at home, those who are in the sanctuary, we need every part doing its share. It's time to step back up. It's time for the body, all members of the body, to be doing their share. Some are having to do more than their share because others aren't. I'm calling you and challenging you and encouraging you. Do your part. When every part does its share, God is glorified. There's disciples being made. And there's making a difference in our community, in our world. We're called to be a part of something that's much bigger than us. We're a body. We're a family. And when we're grounded in truth, we're grounded in the truth of God's Word, and we're spiritually growing, spiritually maturing, then the result of that is is growing. Not only do we grow, but the kingdom grows, and more people are one to Christ. So let me encourage you in 2022 that you will put a focus and a priority on the Word of God and growing in your faith and then doing your part, doing your share. And a result of that is people are going to come to know Christ. As we go with the truth, as we go to the Eastman, as we go to volunteer high school, as we go to that university, as we go to that shopping center, wherever we go, we're taking the truth with us and we're sharing our faith. If you're listening online or if you're listening here and you're lost, let me tell you the truth in love. The truth is this, that we're all sinners. We've all sinned. We've all been in rebellion against our Creator. And our sin separates us from our Creator. And we're separated and we deserve hell. But Jesus came. God sent His Son, Jesus, who came. And He died for our sins. He was buried and rose again. And if we will repent of our sins, turn from our sins, put our faith in Jesus, believe in Him then we will be saved. We will be reunited with our Creator. We, we will be rescued and redeemed through Jesus. And if you're there lost, and today the Holy Spirit is convicting you, would you just kneel right there where you're at, next to your couch, and just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, save me. Would you do that? And if you do, please let us know. We want to get a new, members, new believer's book in your hand, and we want to encourage you. Let us all be a people who are desiring to grow in our faith, growing, working together for the glory of God. Let's close in prayer. Lord, I am thankful that we had these few moments together. I'm thankful for the challenge that you've put on my life. And Lord, I've tried to wear a lot of different hats and do a lot of different things And Lord, I'm not sure that you've been pleased with that. Lord, I think you've challenged me at this season of my ministry that I need to have a renewed focus on equipping and edifying, building up the body, equipping the body for the ministry, the work of the ministry. Lord, I pray you would help me as I focus on making sure your flock is grounded in truth, making sure that they're growing in truth, Lord, let that be our emphasis. Lord, I pray that we would have a renewed desire to grow in our faith, to be in your word. And Lord, if there's any listening that doesn't know you, I pray you would draw them to you. And Lord, I pray they would be saved today. Lord, 2022 is going to be a great year. We're going to see some amazing things. When every part does its share, the body grows. Let us speak always truth with love. May that continue to be the resounding voice of this church speaking truth in love. Use us for your glory, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you.